Welcome to the Mike Litton Experience Podcast. Mike has over 31 years experience in real estate, finance, and investing. He's passionate about being a father, a teacher, a realtor, an investor, and a leader. Everyone has a story, and our passion is to help them tell it. And now, introducing the host of the Mike Litton Experience, Mike Litton. So what is Mike Time? Mike Time is a set of short stories that have happened throughout my lifetime, experiences of mine throughout my lifetime, that have taught me lessons that I hope will be of value to you. So what can you expect from the Mike Litton Experience? You can expect stories that will inspire, motivate, deliver advice that sharpens your focus, as well as providing expert information regarding real estate, finance, and market conditions. Melissa Leifer, thank you so much for joining us for the Mike Litton Experience. As we talked about, everyone has a story and our passion is to help them tell it. So with your permission, we'd like to start at the very beginning of your life and then go all the way through to today, if that's okay. Sure. Thank you for joining us. So tell me, tell us where you were born. So I was born right outside of Boston, Massachusetts, um, in a small New England town called Wayland. Okay. Is that where you grew up? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where I grew up. Uh, so both my parents your... are from New York. There you go. What was your favorite thing about growing up in Wayland? That's a good question. Um, it was really, it was, it, it was very beautiful. Like it's a, it was a very beautiful, very safe place to grow up. Was it a smaller town, I take it? Yeah, it was a small town. There were probably like 10 or 12,000 people. Um, you know, it was it was very close to Boston, which was great um, because, you know, we had access to the city so we could, you know, do stuff. Right. Um, but, you know, it was it was it was nice. It was very it was just a very nice, quiet, very pretty, um, very pretty place. Gotcha. So what were your interests growing up? Um, you know, I I. Gosh, I had a lot of stuff. Um, I did a lot of theater. Um, I did a lot of gymnastics. Um, you know, I liked school a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like I was just, um, I was involved in like a lot of like student government, um, clubs, you know, that kind of stuff. Gotcha. So did you, did you graduate? Did you go to high school in Wayland? I did. I did. And you graduated from there. Yep. What happened after high school? So I went to uh, I went to NYU. I went to okay. the Tisch School for Acting, and um, I was very lucky to get a scholarship. and um, And that that's where I was. My plan was to move to New York and you know be an actor. So how did you how did you how were you able to earn that scholarship? It is kind uh, of rare, right? Uh, yeah, it was an academic scholarship. Awesome. So you were really, yeah. you were really good in school. You made sure you made your grades, that kind of thing. Yeah, I, had really, your way in. yeah I did. I had really good grades. That's cool. So when you were going to Tish, mm-hmm. what was your favorite thing about going to school there? Oh my God. I mean, I love, I just, I loved, I love the classes. Yeah. I love the classes. I mean, so and also, subject. you know, you're the subjects. Yeah. yeah. And, and you're in New York city. That's awesome. So I'm, thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it was a little bit of an adjustment from Wayland to New York City. 
It was, it was, um, you know, it wasn't like complete culture shock. You know, my whole family is from New York. So, oh, yeah. you know, I, I was back and forth as a kid. Um, but, you know, I mean, nonetheless, you know, it's an adjustment. I think anytime you leave home, it's an adjustment. It must regardless. have been a dream come true to go to school there. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it really was. It, it awesome. really, really, really was. So once, once you leave college, what's mm-hmm. next in your life? So um, it was, I mean, the nice thing about going to school in New York was it wasn't like, there wasn't a really an adjustment period after college. Cause it's kind of like, okay, instead of going to classes, you're just going to go to work instead. Um, so that the first year out, I just, I had a bunch of odd jobs and I did a bunch of like off, off Broadway shows. Um, I did a lot of voiceovers. Um, I taught yoga. I was a nanny. Um, I worked in an office like that only lasted, I think a week. Um, I waited tables, you know, kind of right. standard stuff, whatever you had to do. Right. Right. Exactly. So how long were you, how long out? So after you graduated, how long were you in mm-hmm. acting? I, I did it for a while, probably like a good five to seven years. Okay. You know, and I, I did it simultaneously as I was doing real estate. Okay. What made you get into real estate? That was a total fluke. Um, I had a couple of my students who became my friends, um, my yoga students, were like, oh, you should do real estate. They both did real estate. They're like, you should do it. You'd be great. We'll get you a job um, at this big fancy company. I was like, okay, sure. Uh, And another friend of mine who was also an actor, she was doing it. She's like, it's great. I made like three thousand dollars last weekend i was like oh my gosh that sounds so much better than you know making a couple hundred bucks a night waiting tables right Right. exactly (laughs) um so you know i mean i was so young i was like 23 i didn't know anything so i just was like all right sure i went and got my license and like that was it so you so you get your license you get into real estate Mm -hmm. what was your favorite thing getting started in the business I, i think well, seeing apartments. I loved looking at apartments. Um, and then just realizing that I could do it and that I could, I was good at it. So it wasn't that this insurmountable it. thing. It was something that it was something that oh, you know, this was like, yeah, this was much, much easier than, than acting. I right. mean, my God, you know, the, the rejection was like a fraction, you know, sounds it, it like you were a like, natural fit for it. It, it, yeah, I mean, it really, it was. Um, I didn't, you know, like, like with the actor, you go on auditions and they're just like, thank you. You're not, you know, you're to this, you're to that, you're to whatever. I mean, this was just like, you know, people would tell you right away. You'd be like, well, this is too small. Oh, okay. I can find you something bigger, Right. you know, or this is, you know, this is, you know, I want to be somewhere, you know, closer to a subway. Okay. Yeah, sure. I can do that. That's yeah, all you have to do is ask, right? Right. Exactly. And people would tell you. You know, um, it just, it, and it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, talking to strangers and stuff that wasn't scary or anything for me. Gotcha. Um, so growing up, who was the most influential person to you? I mean, probably my parents. Okay. Other, other than that, I'd, I'd say maybe like Madonna. I love it. Yeah. That's really cool. So so you grew up as a material girl. No, I'm kidding. So, <laughs> so in real estate, mm-hmm. who's been the most influential person to you in real estate? 
Oh gosh. Um, probably my first manager. Um, and then I had a partner for a while. He was really influential. Um, you know, and then just there, there was a few agents that had really, you know, big businesses. They were really famous. Mm -hmm. Um, those people and, you know, and now my coach. Right. So how was your first manager influential in your, in your business? Um, you know, she just showed me what was possible, you know, and that how, like how much you could make, um, how you could, you know, just the way that she, she was and how she, you know, lived and just, you know, acted and presented herself, you know, it was she like was my example. first, exactly, exactly. Right. She was my first example of a businesswoman. And did she coach you? And what that meant. That kind of thing? Yeah, she um she did. She did. And um she did. Um and you know, the partner that I worked with, he he really did that quite a bit. But um, you know, she just just you know, just watching her every day and you know, um and interacting with clients and other agents, you know, and just watching her run the office, it was really um you know, that was that was that was really influential. Gotcha. So you're with Keller Williams, New York City, Tribeca, mm -hmm. right? Tribeca Real Estate. Uh, no, just it's just now just Keller Williams. Okay, so just Keller Williams. Okay, so Williams. with KW, mm -hmm. what makes you decide to join KW? Again, again, another fluke. Um, I was actually um, I was not going to join Keller Williams. I was going to join another company. Mm -hmm. Um, the previous company that I'd been working at um I had met somebody there and he became the manager of the Keller Williams the, the Tribeca office when we had that and he was like come come work for me I was like well I think I'm gonna go to this other company because my friend is a manager there and you know like I'll get a lot of leads um I got hired however then as they were processing my paperwork they realized I was working at a this other company and two very large, big, big people left my company to go to the company that I was going to. And that there was a lawsuit, um, uh -huh. because of that. So the, com the, the new company was like, you know what, we're going to hold off. We're not hiring anyone from your company for the next six months because we're, we don't want to get sued. And you know, yeah, you're not a big enough of an agent at that yeah, point legal um, advice, yeah. for it. To, yeah. For it to be worth it for us to do it. I was like, okay, then I guess I'm going to Keller Williams. Wow. Yeah. amazing how that and all I, kind of comes yeah, together I, know. And I, I figured i was like well i guess i'll just you know i'll go to keller williams, keller williams for like six months and then i'll you know i'll just like go to the other place just as a you know as a place to hang my license and um a placeholder for a little bit um but I, it turned out i really liked it here so yeah. i stayed so how long have you been with keller williams um i think seven years Wow, that's awesome. Six or seven? That's awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. And obviously, you know Brian. Um, yes. Brian is one of my favorite people in the world. Um, and we had an amazing interview the other day. And it was it was when we were setting all that up before the actual mm -hmm. interview. We he used to be on radio in San Diego and so did I. And yeah. We became okay. we became good friends and 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 I just he's one of my absolute heroes um Aww. one of the nicest people you've ever met in your life you know that and yeah uh, as we were setting all that up in terms of scheduling he said you know something 
there's one person that you need to talk to. And I said, really? And he goes, oh yeah, she's amazing. And he wasn't oh wrong. My gosh. He wasn't oh, wrong. Oh, you got, you're so, so kind. I really, I really appreciate you doing this. So if somebody's thinking, and I guarantee you there are, there are going to be people mm-hmm. that are going to listen to this podcast. I, you know, just so you know, I owned a Keller Williams office for 18 years in San Diego. Oh, no way. Oh, yeah. Cool. And so I was the owner, broker, operating principal, the whole thing. Um, and it was an amazing experience. I was with Keller Williams for over 20 years. And um, and it was an amazing experience. Um, life-changing, big time, you know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, there are going to be people because of our background that are going to listen to this. And they're going to be thinking about getting into real estate. They're going to be thinking about um, making a change. They're going to be thinking about sort of the same things that you were thinking about when your when your yoga clients said, "Hey, mm-hmm. into real estate, right?" What advice would you give them if they're thinking about getting into real estate? Well, I guess I probably would have questions first before I gave advice. Um, you know, I'd want to know what's the what's the reason you want to get into real estate and then right. i what's would know what kind you? of advice to give exactly yeah. you know like i just did it like i mean i didn't think this would be my career this was just a way to you know support myself so i didn't have to wait tables um and i you know i could be like a little bit more of a of a, of a grown-up well and you have um, flexibility right with your schedule so then you could continue yeah exactly so kind of thing, exactly right? like it was right exactly so it worked out really really well um, you know, it's, I would say you just take anything that you get, don't say no. Um, you know, and you just like, listen, if you work, you'll, you can do it. You can make really, really good money. And have a career for the rest yeah. of your life, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. With like, you know, where you call all the shots and where you're in control and, you know, you get to decide when, when, and who you want to work with. Yeah. It's interesting how people come to this business the way that they do, right? Yeah, I know. That just fascinates mm-hmm. me because like you said, for you, you felt like it was a fluke, right? Yeah, I've talked to other people that absolutely are convinced that it's God's plan. They're absolutely convinced that, you know, they wanted this and this happened, right? And so yeah. it just kind of, it's, it's amazing how it all kinds of kind of falls in place. So let's talk about, you your real estate practice in new york mm-hmm. so so what's working in this current market right what's working in terms of real estate and what should people that are listening to this that that are looking for advice what should they potentially avoid um well i i mean what's so we're a little we're, we're a little different here in new york than the rest of the country yeah, um, you know, I would say if you're like, if you're, if you're in New York and you can afford to buy now, you should, mm-hmm. that would be my advice because you can get a good deal. And I think when the rates drop, um, I, I think it's just going to be like complete insanity. I think the prices here are going to go way, way up, you know, and sure you'll get a lower rate. But at the end of the day, you're going to spend like $200,000 more because of supply and demand. There's going to be so much demand. Right now, there's like a little bit more 
it's a little bit more of a buyer's market, not like completely, but it's, it's much more balanced here because we have such low inventory, right. you know, but you, you know, you're going to get generally a better quality of apartment. You know, there's, I, I think there's just more opportunity right now. And, you know, t- I, I think, you know, if you can take advantage of it, you should. And if, you know, you don't need a mortgage, then like, great. But if you can afford to buy now, you should, because I don't foresee prices here coming down. I, I think they're just going to go up. Yeah, and either. statistically, that's, I mean, that's what happens. They just go up. Like we're, they've, they've come down already. So we're there, you know, um, there's a couple things, you know, that have been on the market for a while that you could, there's probably some good negotiability with that you can get that, you know, by this time next year, I don't think that we're going to be having that conversation. I think that's a great point. You mind if we dig into that just a little bit? Yeah, sure. So a couple of years ago, when interest rates were lower, quite a bit lower, right down in the threes and the fours, it was very, very difficult to negotiate price. It was very difficult to negotiate terms. It was very difficult to to even get a place. I mean, there were a lot of these places had 60 offers, right? Oh my God, exactly. I had a client, I showed them like, I mean, we were in, we had like seven contracts out and yeah. they kept losing them because somebody yeah. would come in and waive their financing contingency or offer more money. They, they that's, also, I mean, that's a appraisal. lot. They also waive their appraisal contingency, right? And they, mm-hmm. they yep. waive their yep. inspection contingency. I mean, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. People were pinning their ears back and shooting for the moon, right? Yep. And overpaying. And they're, not, and they're not doing that right now. And that's yeah. why, that's why I think, and I agree with you. I think this is a great time for people to buy. Somebody asked me the other day in an interview when we would know we've hit the bottom of the market. The answer is because of the data, we won't know for six months after. Exactly. Like we know when we're already on the up, on the up. Yeah. And I honestly, I think that we're starting already here. I mean, the fall has been busy so far. It has. I think people here have now adjusted and they're like, okay, yep, this is, these are the rates. This is this is the market. This is what it is. A lot of the prices here have already adjusted. Yeah. Every um, single buyer that we've talked to, and we've talked to a bunch of them, every single buyer is telling not only us, but they're telling their agents that interest rates are coming down. They're, they're literally predicting themselves that interest rates are going to drop. And so they're getting in while they can right now because they're going to just basically end up refinancing. Right. Right. Exactly. 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 I, I agree with you. I feel like this is the best time for people to buy simply because of the terms they can negotiate. You know, you're not necessarily going to have that much room on price, but you can negotiate terms. Like there's no tomorrow with a lot of these. Right. There's exactly like there's just other stuff that you can get and you, you know, it's not going to be this crazy feeding frenzy of competition. Um, which is, you know, that's nice. And I think that once, um, the rates come down, yeah, everybody, I, I just think it's going to be a bloodbath, you know, it's yeah, going to be worse like than what, it was during COVID. Yeah. It's kind of like what Warren Buffett said, just like right? That. When everybody's greedy, you want to be conservative. When everybody's yeah. conservative, you want to be greedy. Mm-hmm. Right? He also right. said, I don't know what the American people are going to do, but I know they're all going to do it at the same time in the same direction. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yep. So thank you so much for joining us, Melissa. Is there anything oh, my else pleasure. to talk about? Um, I mean, like, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm like missing something. Uh, you tell me. I mean, 
listen, New York, New York City is great. It's a great place to buy. Yeah. It's a great place to invest in. Should everybody should come here? Well, let's talk about this. Let's let me ask you this. Yeah. If you were listening to this podcast and you're mm -hmm. in Singapore or you're in mm -hmm. Malaysia, wherever, okay, and you decide and you want to live in New York, New York's like mm -hmm. your goal, okay? Where is the best place in New York to live? Well, it depends. It you know it depends. Right. It depends on what you want, right? Um, and it depends on like what kind of lifestyle you want, too. Um, the neighborhoods are so vastly different. Um, and then now we have Brooklyn, which wasn't really a thing, like not like how it is now, ten years right. ago. So that's right. like a whole other. You know, it, it just it just depends on on what what you want. If you want to live in like a you know, a cute, cozy apartment with a lot of character, like, you know, the village is great or Park Slope in Brooklyn. You know, if you want um, a full service building, uh, you know, that's very accessible, you know, you've got like, you've got Midtown, but you know, you've got the Upper East. Uh, mm -hmm. If you want a full service building with character, you've got the Upper West and the Upper East, um, you know, and then there's, you know, various parts of Brooklyn as well. If you want a townhouse, I mean, you know, then it's you know it just depends on like on really like budget and 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 lifestyle are people buying closer to where they work or are they post-covid are they are they more about the house because they're going to be more, working more remotely yeah so i would say it depends it depends on budget yeah really um people with if people with a higher budget or people who are looking for townhouses are they're okay with a longer commute um you know if people are, are looking for a pa a tear then they you know they want to be locations very important right um you know i mean people generally i would say on average want like about a 30 to 45 minute commute so you know that that's a pretty big swath swath of the city gotcha define um, tear for me just for so sure a pa a tear yeah. is um it's it is a part-time residence right so like it's a just vacation. a fancy word for a second home you know, like a vacation, vacation home. home kind of thing exactly gotcha. exactly gotcha i just want to make sure that our listeners yeah, just... right because we don't you know everybody's gonna gonna have access to this okay um and right. i don't know i don't know if you've if you've listened to any of our previous podcasts but the first interview we did for our young podcast that our podcast is now just over three weeks old uh, the first interview we did was with Alan Nevin, who is one of the top economists in the nation. And in fact, I would recommend a book to you um, that he wrote back in, it was published back in 2017 called The Great Divide. And mm. Alan wrote this book about the single great, we're in the midst of the single greatest transfer of wealth in our nation's history. Mm. Yeah. There's some $72 trillion with a T being transferred from baby boomers to their millennial kids. Mm -hmm. and kids. Mm-hmm. And so, so we, I interviewed Alan the other day, as like I said, as the first podcast interview we did for our podcast. And one of the things that he mentioned was he wrote that book, which absolutely changed my life. I mean, it, it, it completely changed the way I looked at real estate because now that that transfer is happening, real estate is becoming disposable mm. because the generation that's receiving this, this inheritance or this transfer 
are millennial kids and grandkids. And these millennial kids and grandkids have PTSD from the Great Recession, right? When they were children, mm. they were watching people lose their houses that were close to them. And mm. so all of a sudden now they have a different view of real estate than we ever have, okay? And so basically the, the conversation that I was having with Alan was that was basically the beginning, if you will, of the iBuyer need because it turned real estate into a disposable item. Mm. And now he's written a new book that's coming out in October called The Next Half Century. What's interesting about that is in the last few years, over a billion people worldwide have, have gained internet access. In the next few years, another billion will gain internet access. So things like YouTube and podcasts and all that kind of thing are going to be hotter than ever because they're going to have access to those through the internet. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and absolutely. they're going to see through YouTube and other channels, they're going to see what life is like in New York City and they're going to want to be a part of it. I hope so. So they need to look you up. So yes, they do. I really, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Is there anything else? Thank you. Anything you feel like we're missing? No, I mean, I don't think so. Well, I really appreciate the opportunity to get to meet you and to, and to hear your life story. I know you're going to inspire and motivate people. I promise you. Oh. And I really, really I could not thank you more. Melissa, My thank pleasure. you so much. Have a good day today. Okay. Thank you. You too. Appreciate you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed another episode of the Mike Litton Experience. If you did, do us a favor, smash that subscribe button, tell your friends, family, and coworkers about our program, and wherever you get your podcasts, please leave us a rating. It helps us to connect with quality people just like you. And that's a wrap. Another episode of the Mike Litton Experience in the books. Reach out to Mike on Instagram at Litton Realty. Want to meet with Mike? Check out calendly.com slash Rio 760.